Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Today on FN Sports, we're going to break down some gold stars and detentions from week four in the NFL. So let's get to it. What is going on, Belt Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Angler, here in another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. And today, we're here to hand out some gold stars and detentions from the NFL's Week 4. So let's get right to it. Or maybe we should say Tua It. Should we get right Tua It? Or are we not making those jokes anymore? Big fat detention to the whole medical situation in Miami. We did a whole podcast over the weekend for Monday on the medical situation in Miami, so you can go check the catalog out for more on that. But to be succinct and finish it up, I have to say that the biggest attention here goes to a number of different aspects of the protocol and perhaps the protocol itself all falling apart and leading to, we hope, a serious concussion for Tua Tagovailoa. I say, yeah, we hope, because frankly, we're going to be lucky if it's not much, much worse. We hoped all that happened is that it was a bad back concussion on last Thursday night, because frankly, that's what was the most obvious and immediate thing. If it's something much, much worse than that, we're going to have a whole lot of other things going on in our hands. Thoughts and prayers going out to Tua Tagovailoa. Hope for a very, very solid recovery. I didn't say speedy. I said solid. We need to make sure he is fully, fully healthy. We're giving a gold star to Josh Jacobs leading the Las Vegas Raiders to their first win of the season. That's what we all had on our bingo cards, right? The the Josh 
Josh Jacobs Raiders. That's what we had going. Not Derek Carr or Devontae Adams or Darren Waller. None of that. Just Josh Jacobs. Jacobs had 28 carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns, most notably the long 43-yard strike. I have to say that I feel like if Las Vegas can get their running game going, they really are a much more difficult team to beat. Now, they did this against the Broncos, and I think we're starting to see that that AFC West might not be as strong as we were predicting was in the preseason. However, that's a divisional win for Vegas at home on the broad shoulders of one Josh Jacobs, gold star to Jacobs. In a similar vein, we're going to give the victorious Atlanta Falcons, Drake London, a detention for his two catches and 17 yards on seven targets. I feel like it's worth pointing out that he gets a lot of the targets there in Atlanta, some of them going off of his hands from the I guess, coming to him from Marcus Mariota, the quarterback. I have to say that I think there's really, really high hopes on the USC product coming into this season. Uh, not necessarily that Atlanta would be winning a whole lot of games, but that he'd be some sort of a cornerstone you can continue to build on, especially with the way that they, like, move Cordero Patterson around and they have this, like, rebuilding project in Marcus Mariota and can he kind of help them right the ship. A lot, a lot of stuff was put on Drake London, and he's not quite living up to snuff there. Uh, he's doing some great stuff in the run game as far as his blocking goes and things like that, but they expected a whole lot more out of him on the perimeter, and he's not showing up in the same kind of way. Detention to one Drake London. All right, if you know me, you know this one brings me a ton of joy. We're giving a big gold star to Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans. Yes, that's the Houston Texans that did not quite pull out a win <laughs> over the, the about to say San Diego Chargers, of the Los Angeles Chargers. But I, what I will say is that 14 carries, 131 yards, and one touchdown was the kind of Damian Pierce we're expecting to come into the season, especially if you're like myself and you have him on every single one of your fantasy team. Shout out to Damian Pierce for a big, big day. Yeah, I, I wish I wish Davis Mills had had as big a day for the Texans, but I digress. As I sit there at 0-3-1, I guess they technically are the last winless team in the NFL, right? Is that yeah, production? Yeah, okay, yeah, last winless team in the NFL, and it's not any part to do with Damian Pierce. His production was great, great job on Sunday. Gold star to Damian Pierce. <laughs> All right, so I guess this is going to kind of be a gold star to Sean McDermott, but it could also be a detention to John Harbaugh, depending on what side of this you fall. But there was a big, big, noticeable halftime turnaround in the Buffalo Bill versus Baltimore Ravens game on Sunday. A lot of uh, ugly game, running offense, that kind of stuff. Obviously, Lamar Jackson does pretty things, and watching Josh Allen run is always a ton of fun. I don't mean to say that wasn't a fun game to watch, but what I will say is there was a notable change in demeanor in the second half i'm giving a lot of the credit there too i guess you give it to josh allen's leadership on the field but whatever sean mcdermott is feeding those guys in the locker room to get them turned around to beat another top end afc foe we saw them fall a little bit short to miami the week before they turn around and did i mean until this point baltimore's looked great they've looked as good as anyone in the afc and buffalo took it to them in their place and frankly did so in a very impressive fashion in the second half Gold star goes to Coach Sean McDermott. All right, we're going to give a detention to uh, Twitter trolls that decided they wanted to troll John Harbaugh for his decision at the end of that football game. Now, if you're not paying attention to the Buffalo Bills and Baltimore Ravens football game, I should say that there was a very interesting decision based on analytics made down the stretch. The Baltimore Ravens got down to the two-yard line. It was a tie ball game, a you know, whatever that is, chip-in field goal would have given them a three-point lead. And it feels really easy to say that was the easy and obvious call because Buffalo takes the ball, drives in, and gets their 
own field goal. However, Baltimore said not to go for the field goal and take the lead there, but to go for a touchdown. And instead, they wheeled back to, you know, scramble around a little bit, give Lamar Jackson a little bit of a two-way go. He ends up finding what he thought was his own receiver in the back of the end zone. He gets picked off by Buffalo. Buffalo down to the ball in the end zone after the pick. Goes at the 20-yard line. Only has to go a few yards before they're into field goal range and then kicks field goal at the expiration of the clock to win the football game. And I think the hindsight is 2020 crowd is talking about how bad a decision that was. But the statistical odds, if you're looking across that, are if you don't get it, theoretically, Buffalo's on the two-yard line has to go a lot more yards to get to that field goal. If you kick the field goal, then you're going to have to kick it off to them, and they're at the probably 25 on a touchback. And then going down the field, get to overtime on their own field goal, etc. That's not necessarily in your favor. If you get the touchdown, you're up a touchdown, and they have to go 75 yards to get a touchdown. That might shape more in your favor if you're if you're Baltimore. And, frankly, if you turn the ball over on the two on turnover on downs, traditional turnover on downs, it theoretically would have also been a long way for a field goal, and theoretically you can go overtime and have another chance. I think all of those things factoring in made it, to me, a very clear and obvious in the modern football way we understand the numbers a little bit better on this time to go for the touchdown especially when you got an explosive athlete you can get on the perimeter and get a two-way kind of option out of it like lamar jackson especially when frankly while i've been a couple of quarters you didn't necessarily want to give buffalo more time either right because if you went overtime their offense has been rolling in the second half josh allen's gotten it rolling in the second half you don't want to give him more time either i think the thing that makes this really really suck for baltimore aside from the fact that yes they lost the game is that it was a true pick in the end zone that led to the touchback made that math a little bit haywire because that meant they could get much shorter yards for a field goal. if they start on the two yard line instead of the 25 yard line it would have been a little bit different math right and i think that that's the itty bitty percentage of that pie popped up and ultimately came back to bite baltimore in a way that I don't think it's fair to predict or assume is the most obvious outcome. The most obvious outcome probably would have been getting stopped, and then they have to go, whatever that is, 60-ish yards for a field goal, and I don't think that is fair to assume. I give credit to John Humboldt having the stones, and I also say as a coach, and this is me putting my coach's hat on, I generally tend to side with if my players say we go for it, we go for it, because frankly, you're less likely to like lose your team in the locker room by going with them and trusting them and putting your faith in your MVP quarterback, putting your faith in your high-powered offense, putting your faith in your guys, as opposed to in the foot of your kicker when you're that close to the end zone. I'm not giving any kind of crap to John Harbaugh for that, and so I am giving attention to all of you guys that are not taking in all of that situation. All right, we're giving a pair of gold stars to a couple of NFC East defenses because much like we thought the AFC West was going to be fairly strong this year and they're not, I think the NFC East defenses are looking stronger this year than we might have thought. We're giving a gold star to the Eagles defense with a bunch of turnovers forced and the Dallas Cowboys defense with a bunch of turnovers forced against, I guess, respectively, I should say, the Eagles played the Jaguars and the Cowboys played the Washington Commanders. I almost said football team. The Washington Commanders, both defenses decided to hawk on the ball. Both defenses, frankly, made the other team's quarterback look like he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> that being, I guess, the veteran Carson Wentz in Washington is a little bit less excusable, but Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence certainly still looked like a young quarterback against Philadelphia. That is a fun divisional matchup this year, especially considering like Dallas is doing all this without Dak Prescott. If we have some sort of Dak Prescott Cooper Rush argument, I guess we'll get that when we get there. Is that we're going to get that when we get there? Yeah, we'll get to that when we get there because frankly, that could be its own pod on itself. 
But anyway, we're giving a gold star to both the Dallas and Philadelphia defenses for big, big showings on Sunday. If we're going to credit two good defenses, we need to take away credit from two really, really bad defenses. Both Seattle's, the Seattle Seahawks defense and the Detroit Lions defense both earned attentions this weekend. And what's even funnier in this game is they played themselves. Both teams gave up over 500 yards of offense to, frankly, if I'm being blunt, fairly mediocre offenses. And that's that's really, I mean, they couldn't stuff the ball through the air. Both teams had over 300, I guess one team had 320 and had 375 passing. Uh, they both had another two, I guess, uh, 200 and 145 yards rushing. This is big, big offensive productions. And frankly, as I look at this, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand this happened. Shout out to Scorigami. The game was 48 to 45. And as a uninvolved observer, I say it was a fun football game to watch in a lot of ways. However, it wasn't very good defensive football by any stretch of the imagination. Detention to both Seattle and Detroit. Conversely, we're going to give a big gold star to all and all involved in the Kansas City Chiefs offensive, but 417 yards and 41 points on a very, very stout and tough Buccaneer defense. Obviously, a lot of that falls in the creativity and uniqueness of Patrick Mahomes, but I have to say one of my favorite plays of the game was when they actually pulled a backup tight end. Patrick Mahomes looked like he's arguing with Kelsey for something, and they pulled the backup tight end and take a QB sneak from under center when there were clearly linebackers on the camera or on the field that we could see from the camera that were not prepared for the snap. I have to say that feels really, really impactful to me to see all the different options they have. There's the creativity and improv aspect that like Patrick Mahomes on the spin move on the sideline where he like, you know, kind of chest pass like a basketball all the way uh, into the back of the end zone. I think it was Clyde Edwards Flair on the catching into that. There's, but there's also like structural creativity in the offense where they clearly have such a great understanding of the basics that they have to do that they can practice and rehearse those things. The timing of those are things that don't happen on accident. So that Kansas City can do those things is wildly, wildly impressive. So got to give a big gold star to all the things going into that offense. It was a phenomenal offensive football game to watch a great game plan to take and tear apart a great Buccaneer defense. Now, with that being said, we do need to point out that the Buccaneers had a great day through the air themselves, right? They had 373 yards passing. Uh, Tom Brady was phenomenal, and, and I hate giving Tom Brady props as much as anyone, probably because I've been giving him props what feels like my entire life. But we need to give a big, big detention. And the reason the Buccaneers probably lose the football game because they had all of three yards rushing. Now, I, I don't know how to you know best cite the issue there was on the offensive line, was on Fournette not finding holes or, or whatever, but it felt like at some point the Tampa Buccaneers just leaned into being one-dimensional, and that point happened fairly early on. Uh, Wyatt and Fournette both just had three carries apiece. Fournette had negative rushing yards. Uh, it, I, I guess, technically, Ronald White had the one rushing touchdown on a very, very short, uh, you know, burst into the end zone. But as Tampa Bay, if you're going to slow down Kansas City. You've got to do so by eating clock in the run game. You've got to do so by being productive in the run game. And they didn't even really try. Now, I don't want to pass it off the coach. I mean, let's say, like, well, Tom Brady's at the field. He's at the line of scrimmage. Almost every play in the NFL has two options when he gets to the line of scrimmage. And he's clearly calling the pass play. They ran 52 pass play. Or he threw the ball 52 
times. Now, I think that while that is certainly one way to go about placing blame in this game, at some point, the coach can also lock the run. At some point, the staff has to say, hey, Tom, we need to put the ball on the grass and slow down Pat Mahomes, give our defense time to breathe, etc. And they never they never did that. That, that to me, is an overall failure across the board. That's why I'm just giving the Tampa Bay rushing attack a blanket detention because I don't know where to singularly place the blame, but there's certainly a lot of blame to go around. All right, so full disclosure, I am doing this one now because I realized I forgot about it back when we talked about Seattle versus Detroit. But TJ Hawkinson had eight catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> we need to point that out. Like That is unbelievable for a guy in Detroit not named Calvin Johnson. Further, it's a tight end doing 180 yards through the air and two big touchdowns. Now, we gave it attention to the defenses. I think I'd find some way to put a safety over the top and maybe mug him underneath the linebacker if I'm the defense coordinator. But man, Hawkinson, big, big day. Fun day for the tight end. Shout out to Detroit Lions and their young tight end. Didn't quite come away with the victory, but that was certainly a big, big day in Detroit for TJ Hawkinson. All right, we're going to be a detention to the Chicago Bears as an entire unit. That seems to be a theme of this week's Gold Stars and detentions. However, we have to get to a whole unit because there's too many guys to blame here. They had six fumbles as a football team. They only lost three, I guess. But when you lose 20-12 to 12 in what is technically a one-possession game, six fumbles is inexcusable. If my middle school football team had three fumbles in a football game, I'd be yelling at them, right? I coach multiple levels of football. I've been doing so for a long time. If my middle school group, the youngest group I've ever coached, had three fumbles, we'd be running a lot. We'd be doing all kinds of ball drills a lot. We'd be trying to correct the problems. This is a professional football team that fumbled the ball six different times. Yes, they fell on it a couple times, but they fumbled the ball six different times. Moreover, Treston Ebner ended up leading the way with his own pair of fumbles. I guess technically he did fall on one, so he, he maybe corrected his own mistake there. But man, that's a really, really bad day at the office for whoever the running back or ball carrying or whatever offensive coach's job it is to make sure that they secure the football. I once heard a great, great football coach tell me that the issue is the ball, and frankly, Chicago could not control the issue. The other running back in that game gets a gold star. That's Saquon Barkley, the New York Giants. He finally looks like himself. He had 31 carries for 146 yards. And I guess he didn't technically have a touchdown, but Daniel Jones did have two shorter rushing touchdowns. And I think it was worth pointing out there is that Saquon Barkley, his run game opens up guys like Daniel Jones, open up guys like even when it was Tyrod Taylor's turn to get in there and those kinds of things. Saquon Barkley being back to himself makes them a much much better team maybe the nfc east is that division we thought that the afc west is going to be no no i got i got head shaking no maybe not but what i will say is saquon barkley being back makes the new york giants a much more fun team to watch and frankly he's a phenomenal watch in and of himself wherever he's playing shout out to saquon glad to have you back buddy Saquon is not the only New Yorker we're giving a gold star to. We're giving a gold star to Zach Wilson in his first game back. He had 18 throw or 18 completions, should say, out of his 36 attempts for 250 yards and a touchdown. He did throw two picks. He also caught a touchdown. I think that's worth pointing out. And a little bit of a Philly special, which is a fun, fun play to see. I think what's overall important to see here is that the young quarterback got out there and looked 
still like a young quarterback, but looked a lot more like himself than I think most of us would have thought a quarterback coming off of a relatively serious injury would be. So shouts to Zach Wilson for making it back on the field, leading the Jets to a victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's really, I guess, the more important thing there is he, even amidst his couple interceptions, those kind of things, did lead his New York Jets to a victory in his first game back as a starter. And frankly, <laughs> I think that that is all New York wants these days. If we're talking about guys being back to themselves, I also need to give a gold star to Austin Eckler, who had 13 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, as well as six catches for 50 yards and touchdown through the air. Welcome back to the Chargers star. I think all fantasy owners of Austin Eckler, like this, this is the guy we drafted in the top five picks. Um, now, I have to say that was not against the best defense in the world, the Houston Texans, as much as I enjoy cheering them on. Again, as we said earlier in the pod, are the last winless team in the NFL but I have to say that that kind of a game can get a guy like Austin Eckler back on track and can certainly get that that I say San Diego again the LA Chargers offense back on track with a young guy like Herbert taking the snaps shouts to Austin Eckler big 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 game from him over the weekend big big gold star all right so we gave the Eagles defense a gold star earlier the last undefeated team in football what we didn't mention in doing that is that Trevor Lawrence had and lost four fumbles and earned himself a big fat detention he also had a pick that adds up to five total turnovers from the young quarterback now i know he's a young quarterback i know they completely changed coaching staffs and things are changed the eagles look really really freaking good however trevor lawrence should know how to hold on to the football i mean that's again a very basic thing as i went into earlier in the episode i also think it's worth pointing out that like he only threw the ball 23 times, and, and they tried to run the ball a handful of different times to other guys. I I just, I feel like four fumbles, I mean, can you think of a guy? You can't think of a guy. Can, can, can any of you all think of a guy that would get to keep playing after two fumbles, three fumbles? I guess the quarterback's a little different, but four fumbles and a pick, that's inexcusable. Yeah, I've got a lot of inexcusable, inexcusable, big, fat detention to one Trevor Lawrence. If we're going to go back and revisit the game and hand out gold stars to individual performances, we need to make sure, I guess, that we give Miles Sanders his flowers. 27 rushes for 134 yards and two touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at. It's a big, big game out of the back. And I have to say that, frankly, that's the kind of big game I think that when he's been healthy in the past, he has shown he's capable of. We're hoping Miles Sanders is on the field for a lot longer, not just because he's on one of my fantasy teams, but because, truthfully, it'd be nice to see the guy. I mean, he's just 25. He's had some high, high highs and some low, low lows because of injuries. And so it'd be nice to see him on the field for much, much longer. And over the weekend, it certainly looked like he was back to being that guy. And frankly, I think him going with the kind of stuff that Jalen Hurts can do with the ground, the zone read, the zone read pass game, all of a sudden, the Philly offense has a whole other dimension. And while it might pain me to say that because they're on the other end of the NFC East, I have to say that that's a good thing for the Eagles. They can get him going, and it looks like they might have just done it. All right, so we're going back and giving gold stars and detentions to guys that are individuals from games we gave entire blanket ones to earlier, and I, I admit that's a little disorienting. But if we're going to do that, we got to give a big detention to one Carson Wentz. He was 25 of 42 for 170 yards, a touchdown, and two picks, and also took two big sacks. But along the way there, I think the biggest thing is that he had some fairly easy misses along those, what is that, almost 20 passes he didn't complete over the course of the football game and yes he had the one beautiful throw to dots in the corner for the touchdown but outside of that with the kind of running game that they have there in Washington he should be having easier 
throws across the board. And I don't know if that's he's late on his reads or maybe the Dallas Cowboys defense is just that good. The commanders are one and three, so I'm not going to bet on that. But I will say that it just felt like he was throwing into crazy tight windows for almost no reason. He got baited by guys like Trevon Diggs across the board. He had trouble dealing with Micah Parsons in the pass rush. He couldn't get the ball off in time. And I, I just, I feel like Carson Wentz had a really, really awful showing. And frankly, Washington might be the kind of place that he's getting his last showing. So man, oh man, he really needs to turn around in the next three-fourths of the season because the first fourth, woof. All right, so I mentioned that we may do a Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott pod if it comes up at a later date, but Cooper Rush has righted the ship well enough. Now, it's not spectacular stuff. It's 15 for 27, 223 yards passing, and two touchdowns. But I think the biggest thing here is that he's doing enough, right? He's doing enough to right the Cowboys' ship. He's got a great defense opposite him. He's trying to hand the ball off for not a whole lot of rushing yards. It's not like they have like a great, powerful offense. You think of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel and those kind of things. They only had 62 yards rushing against the Washington Commanders, and he only had 223 yards passing. At the end of the day, the truth here is that it, it really kind of more came down to that he managed the game took the whole clock when he needed to, was smart with the football when he needed to be. They avoided turnovers. Those kinds of things, and Cooper Rush is in charge of those things, are why he's on the field. When they get Dak back, and again, we'll do the Dak versus Cooper pod if and when it has to happen, but when they get Dak back, they're going to take more chances and look at trying to be more explosive, right? Cooper Rush ain't that dude. He ain't that dude. But he's also, to his credit, not trying to be that dude. And that is why he gets a gold star this week. Okay, Parker, so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, <laughs> but it'll keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're a listener to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. The last couple here are going to come from the Monday night game, which admittedly we're recording as the Monday night game is going on. So if you feel like we missed something, tweet us and let us know. But we're going to give one big detention to Cam Akers. I think there was really high hopes on Cam Akers coming in to LA this year. He like opted for number three, which really make, takes people back to like when they got Odell Beckham last year. Uh, he's he's kind of had a really down season. He's not getting a whole lot of the carries. And on eight attempts on the Monday night game against San Francisco, he had just 13 rushing yards. Now, I'm not great at math. I teach history, not math, but that's less than two yards a carry. That's not a great look for a running back that 
people had such high hopes for coming into the season there in Los Angeles. I also think it's worth pointing out that lacking in a run game is what led to a debacle. That team looked abysmal on Monday night. Not to say that the 49ers looked great with Jimmy Graps back there. However, K-Makers and the run game being ineffective certainly made Los Angeles look much worse. About the only bright spot on Monday Night Football is going to get the gold star. Debo Samuel had one of the most fantastic plays I've seen from a receiver in quite some time. As I tweeted out during the game, I have to say that like 99% of NFL wide receivers turn that play into a pick six just because they don't fight for the ball in the same kind of way that Debo did. Now, if you're missing the play on a, I want to say, skinny post, I guess you might call it a deep post, might call it a slant. Anyway, Jimmy Graps basically throws to the wrong team, right? But Debo Samuel leaps up, takes the ball in a Moss-type fashion, I guess, but both guys are running relatively full speed, which makes it more difficult, takes the ball out of the defender's hands, avoids another one, and continues to sprint downfield, weaving through defenders, and a 57-yard touchdown ensued. He ended up with six catches for 115 yards and that touchdown on just seven targets. It's easy to say that like LA was trying to take him away. Again, the underneath guy should have had a pick six, and the guy behind him should have had a tackle, and Debo made both guys look silly. 90 Again, 99% of NFL, even NFL wide receivers are watching that thing get picked off because they're moving at the wrong direction as the guy's undercutting it for a pick six. Instead, Debo Samuel turns it into a touchdown his way. I got to give a big, big gold star to that, and not just because he's on both of my fantasy teams. All right, now this mostly happened while I was ranting about earlier analytics, and so maybe that's probably why I'm selling particularly into this issue. I'm leaning into this issue where Shanahan does not go for it down by the end zone. He goes for a field goal to make it 17 to nine instead of going for a touchdown that might have made it 21 to nine when he's up 14 to nine down the stretch of the Monday Night Football game. I'm giving attention to Shanahan because that's bluntly the wrong call. He goes from up one score. 14 to 9, right? A touchdown would win the game for uh, Los Angeles to up 70 to 9, where a touchdown two point conversion would put the game in overtime for Los Angeles. That did not help them. Now, yes, they end up getting a pick six and it ends up being 24 to 9, and, and that's a little bit different kind of. Da, 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 da. However, had he gone for the touchdown to make it 21 to 9, it is a two score game, whereas 17 to 9 is still a one score game, and you're playing for overtime, if you're playing for ties there. And I am not a mathematician, but I'm going for the win. I say go for 21 to 9. We're up 14 to 9 there. I don't really understand why, outside of being an overly cautious wuss, why would you go to just potentially, like, oh, we can't lose, right? We would just tie if they score. Like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to win games. I'm saying go for the win there. Just like I would have said that I appreciate earlier in the podcast, I should say earlier. I appreciate John Harbaugh going for the big win earlier. I feel like this was also a moment to go get that win, especially because, you know, if you don't get it, you've shut down the LA Rams offense and they'd have an entire field to go because they would need a touchdown. It's not like they go down and tie up with a field goal. I, I digress. That was a bad call. He got saved. That was a bad call. Last gold star of the week is going to go to Bobby Wagner for coming off the sideline and decking. It wasn't quite a streaker. I don't know if you guys saw this, but in the Monday Night Football game, a guy with like pink spray or gas can or whatever was running around the football field uh, trying to spray it around. And he had 
painted on his, I think, shirt or chest. One, righttorescue.com, which is a protect animal rights whistleblowers, like protecting the people that blow the whistles on companies that you know violate animal rights or what have you. Anyway, he's running around the football field in San Francisco for this on cause on Monday night with big pink spray of gas leaking behind him because we care about the animals, not the ozone, I guess. Anyway, what ends up happening is Bobby Wagner comes off the sideline and gives him one big shoulder and forearm to the chest and levels the guy for security to come out and find it was truly a hilarious hit to watch happen and truly, truly, truly one of the best hits of the night in what kind of felt like a defensive struggle or offensive struggle, I guess, depending on how you look at it, kind of football game. So shout out to Bobby Wagner, who, to be fair, did play a phenomenal football game, had a great goal line stop right before that field goal I just Rip Shanahan for calling. So shout out to Bobby Wagner on a couple big tackles, but one that was much, much funnier than the other. All right, friends, if you all caught up on week four in the NFL, do you at least know who earned gold stars and detentions? If you feel like we missed one, you can find us on social media and let us know. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter at FN Sports 2. It's F-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S number 2. All one word on Twitter. On both of those social media handles, you can go to Linktree in the bio. The link will take you to all of our episodes, all of our sponsors like the Beer Struggle and the Clutch.com, Yeti, etc. You can also, from that Linktree Go to our merch store. We can buy various T-shirts, caps, hoodies, mugs, etc. Support various charitable causes. In October, we're supporting Breast Cancer Awareness. There's a Flunk Cancer T-shirt you can purchase that has the logo on it, but also says Flunk Cancer across the chest. All proceeds from that will be sent to the uh, Susan G. Coleman, yeah, Susan G. Coleman Foundation. So make sure you go grab some swag and support a great cause and the show today. If you're looking for me on social media, you want to tell me about all the things I got wrong, you find me at Painsworth512. It's P A I N S W O R T H. 512 on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be tweeting out things that I'm writing, recording, all the fun stuff I'm doing. Again, there are some big, big things happening in the coming days, less than a week, right? In the next coming days and less than a week from my personal Twitter account. So make sure you go check the fun stuff out. Painsworth 512, P A I N S W O R T H 512. I'll be posting all the things from there as well. If you want to support the show for free, you can just by giving us a five-star rating that's one two three four five you can give us a five-star rating on your app whatever you're listening to this on you can also give us a positive review on most listening apps we should do that as well and you can download subscribe to all the wonderful things that help with the podcast but whatever you do when it comes to sports don't flunk with us later guys Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.